0: Welcome to Let's Explore This, your weekly variety podcast. Uh, today, you have myself, Kevin, and we're here with Josh. Hey, Kevin. How's it going, Josh? Doing well. And yourself? A little tired. Yeah. Coffee.
1: Nice. Yeah, it's really nice. My mom was able to take my kids for the afternoon, so my wife and I had some spurts. productivity earlier and then now we're just kind of hanging out kid-free for a little bit it's a nice break
0: <laughs> that's awesome nice
1: yeah um so you, you guys had a little one recently how's jorge
0: doing <laughs> uh good we uh yeah he was born on december 14th um he's a little early so we had to stay in the hospital for a bit but uh everything's fine um we actually got the You're supposed to stay for 48 hours, mandatory, but they let us out a little early. So, he's doing good. Uh, He's not crying, really, which I I guess is weird. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's how I was when I was a baby. Um, He just kind of like grunts and squeaks and stuff. It's kind of (laughs) funny. But yeah, yeah, we... He's doing good. That's kind of how my son
1: Lincoln was. So he he was premature um, as well. He was six weeks premature. And then he had to stay in the NICU for 11 days because he hadn't developed the suck, swallow, breathe routine. So he couldn't eat Mm -hmm. on his own. Uh, So he had to have like a feeding tube and stuff. And also, like, I think his lungs were slightly underdeveloped as well. So he had to have surfactant when he was there. But 11 days in the NICU was brutal.
0: I bet. But
1: when he got out i mean he was just chilling right like he would cry or you know let you know that something was wrong and then you took care of it right like if he was dirty or wet change him right if he was tired lay
0: him down if he was hungry feed him and he was cool Mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah it's been pretty nice good although i did get pooped on the other day yeah, I, I've not been pooped on, but I've been peed on a handful of times. Yeah, well, yeah, I've been both. I've been I've been poop puked and peed on now. Um, yeah, the, the puke will happen. That that that's going to happen. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, the other day I was holding him and he threw up on me, so I took my shirt off mm-hmm. after I cleaned him up, and all of a sudden someone starts knocking on the door, and I'm like, "What's going on?" and my wife was holding him at that point so i like kind of like answered and like hid behind the door a little bit and then my cat ran out of the house <laughs> <laughs> and it was this there's this lady who, who came who uh gave us all origami swans um to hang from our our uh, address placard and she was telling us how to store them until next year and that so that's what was going on that's who came to my door and the cat ran away and it was a pain in the no. ass. <laughs> Kevin, that's the sign that you're a replicant
1: and she was the cop hunting you. <laughs>
0: oh, no. You've seen Blade You've yeah, seen yeah. Blade Runner, right? <laughs> oh, I'll need Harrison Ford to save me. Right. Um, But, yeah, other than that, it's, I don't know, it's been kind of uneventful. Just taking a bunch of cute pictures. Play, I've been playing a lot of video games. Yeah. Uh, I have a Steam Deck, the the handheld Steam thing. Mm -hmm. And the only games that are like, the only games I own that are like good for the Steam Deck are Metal Gear Solid, Phantom Pain, and Valheim. So that's why I've been playing a shitload of Valheim. Nice. Yeah, before my kids were born,
1: I used to play a lot of like League of Legends and Modern Warfare and various competitive online active games. But then once the kids showed up, it's like, well, um, there's no pause button to go change a poopy diaper. Mm -hmm. Right. So I I switched to primarily single player games.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's like with Valheim, I can get into situations where I can't step, like I can't press pause, but 99% of the time I can. So, Mm. so it's been good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so today we were uh, going to talk about being dads. Yeah. So uh, I guess one, one big question, and we kind of texted about this not too long ago. I've been seeing, or so uh, we're going to talk about basically what we are going to allow our children to do that uh, we weren't allowed to do, what we were allowed to do, <laughs> Uh, and, and we might not want our children to do um, and so I did want to talk about something I've been seeing a lot of recently which is not letting your kids have sleepovers hmm um like i I get it um like sending your kid to a stranger's place and whatnot i i I don't know it just, but for me like thankfully you know nothing weird happened to me at sleepovers or whatever but i did that all the time when i was a kid and i i just kind of think it's a fun it's something to do like i think it's really important for kids to like have like sleepovers so that they can like i don't know learn how to spend long amount of time with people and kind of like get along and stuff like that um and i don't know i just i kind of wonder how. How often, you know, stuff like that happens at sleepovers? Um, I mean, would you? Are you are you a sleepover pro, sleepover or anti sleepover? So I think that I for sure
1: got caught up in some of the you know online discussion and whatnot that you're talking about. Where when I was growing up, I absolutely had sleepovers and went to sleepovers all the time. um, From probably. Third grade through like 10th grade, I was either having someone over or going somewhere probably twice a month, um, if not more often. And I'd always kind of envisioned that for my kids as well. And then I saw the TikTok video from the pediatrician about five things uh, where there's a TikTok trend where it was like, what are five things that you would not do based off of your profession. And you know, a few of his were things like let my kids jump on trampolines, right? You know, ride bikes without a helmet, you know, whatever. And then the fifth one was go to sleepovers. And he posted a follow-up video talking about why, because he got a lot of feedback about the sleepovers. And it was about how one, you know, putting your kid in a situation with other adults that you do not know. Right. And like, mm-hmm. you may know them, they may be good friends. And he also clarified, right. This does not count for, you know, cousins, right. Like your brother can have your kid over, right. as so long as you know and trust your brother, right. Your mom, you know, whatever, like the people within your family or super close personal friends, you know, m- make your own judgment as a parent there. But his point was, you know, these people that we need to know through, Schools, sports recreational activities etc you know we're only receiving their public facing persona Mm -hmm. and you can think that you're a good judge of, of character and a good judge of people but there's lots of examples of stuff going real sideways with that and you know once a kid is harmed in some way You can't undo that harm, right? You can't unmolest the kid. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then you're dealing with those consequences. And then the second part that he was talking about wasn't related to the parents and the adults, but the kids and how a lot of dangerous, traumatic, scarring, whatever activities happen in that kind of like twilight era that happens where parental subdivision supervision is lowered. Right. And like stuff happens when parents and adults are just less present. And that is a very common, you know, outcome at, at sleepovers. Right. And like, sure, of course. Right. I mean, when, when kids come over here to play with Lincoln and such during the day, right? I mean, they run upstairs to the playroom, right. And, you know, the adults hang out downstairs and chit chat, mm-hmm. um, And, you know, with sleepovers and stuff that happens for extended periods. So, you know, long story short, I don't think that we are never going to have sleepovers. I think that we will primarily do sleepovers with, you know, our kids going elsewhere with people that we've really known for a long time. And I think that we will be open to receiving kids in for sleepovers at our house, you know, pretty frequently. You know, but with that being said, right, like when he's eight years old and a kid in his class is having a sleepover birthday party, I don't know what we're going to do that. And then, like, are we making him the odd kid if everybody else sleeps over and Lincoln's parents have to come pick him up at 10 because he's a baby, you know, and like, Mm, yeah, you know, there's there's considerations there as well. So. I don't know. I'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. You know, We're not at a sleepover age yet anyway. So
0: we'll see. Yeah. I think <clears throat> the first time I remember spending the night at someone's house, I was like, I think I was in like first grade. So I was like six or seven. Um, but mm-hmm. that was just somebody like, he was my friend who like lived down the street, you know, and like we all went to church together and this and that. Um, but yeah, I guess I for me like I was never allowed. I'm trying to th- like it's. It just, I felt like my parents knew the family where I slept who where I was going like decently m- most of the time. Um, so that's definitely something I would do. Is like like you said, like it's definitely going to be people like we're familiar with. Um, I will say like I did my one of my buddies, his mom. Uh, he just lived with his mom, and so uh, she worked third shift, and so I'd spend the night at his place like every weekend, like because <laughs> we could stay up late and game hard and just be dumbasses, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And my, I don't, my parents didn't know who she was really at all. Um, I think they just kind of trusted me, so. But I, I, I don't know. Like I just, I kind of feel like the. And and I kind of feel like the anti sleepover thing is a little new, um. But yeah, I I could definitely see you know getting a group, I, and I've heard a lot of stories too, like from my friends who uh, who have been uh, sleeping at a sleepover with a bunch of guys, and they do stupid shit, like um. Uh, one time, so there there was this one. Actually, this was this wasn't. This was kind of a, a notorious story around school is this one kid actually like put his balls in another kid's mouth. And so yeah, like that shit happening is fucking disgusting. Um mm-hmm. and and cra- cra- crazy. And I yeah and so yeah, I don't know how you like I'm sure that happened like when you were saying when like the parents kind of take a step back and that sh- that's be- Kids do stupid, dumb shit. Um, and I I guess I wouldn't know how to come back from that. So, I, so and now I'm confused. Like, I've just been confused this whole time. Because, like, I saw that pediatrician video, I believe. Uh, and then I also saw one by a, uh, some lady who was claiming to be a detective or something. And so, it's like, ugh, I don't know. Like, part of me feels like I am will be protecting him. And then part of me also feels like I'm going to be taken away from some key like childhood and interpersonal relationship development, you know, Mm -hmm. but I mean, again, but if you pick your kid up at like 10 o'clock at night, I mean, what else are they doing, you know, between 10 PM and when they're going to bed? Right. So I don't know. I guess the jury's out on that one. I mean, I would be down to have, I, since he, since we're planning on only having one kid, um, I was planning to like have a very open household for friends. So you could always have, you know, somebody over to hang out with and stuff like that. So I feel well, like see, that's why you got to have the second kid so that you've got <laughs> that person for them to hang out with all the time. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to get. vasectomy uh in march so gotcha all right so i
1: hope that um sorry is it hannah yeah Mm -hmm. hannah she's ready in
0: february (laughs) yeah so i don't know i i think i'm just gonna have to like get really involved like do you so is your are your kids friends with anyone that you aren't already familiar with like did you have to were you introduced to adults through your children that is happening more now
1: um that did happen when we were in louisville with the daycare that my son went to um and we did have a few play dates and we did get invited to a few birthday parties and through that you know we did meet their parents and you know some of those adults But now that Lincoln is in preschool and he's four, there's more birthday parties, but then also there's stuff at the school, right? And so, like, we just recently had, um, like, a music program that the kids put on for Christmas, right, to end the year. And my son is on a basketball team with four of the little boys from his class. So, like, on Saturdays at the basketball practice, right, we meet and talk and whatever, um, they're going to play t ball together here in the the spring. Um, the The preschool that we go to is kind of hoity-toity, right? And it's expensive, and I cannot wait to stop paying for it. <laughs> but the the parents of these kids, right? Like some some of them are cool, but they're just on a different level. So like one guy is like the head of revenue integrity for the university of Kentucky hospital system. Right. And that guy just got elected to the Kentucky state house of representatives. Um, there's two other dads in there that both own horse farms. And at one of the birthday parties, they were talking about these like three and $5 million horse farms that they were talking about buying. Right. And like, I don't know. Um, they're fine and then you know some other people are, are cool and like the the guy that's the the state house of representatives he's very pleasant polite cordial right he's professional and personable um but clearly right like i mean i don't know but we're not sniffing quite that same air
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i kind of you know I, I i've been thinking lately like how many if my parent like we I would say there was two families where like my parents had a decent relationship with the adults. And I kind of wonder if they did that out of an obligation to me or if they actually did like each other. And so it's like, will you, and I'll, I'm asking this question to you. Will, will you allow your kid to sleep over at a place where you don't like the parents personally, but you can tell they're like, decent like not psychopaths <laughs> you know what i'm saying like what 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 would your what would your qualification for like not letting your kid sleep over somewhere like what would a parent or, or maybe maybe it'd be easier to answer like how 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 often how many times would you have to speak to one of your son's friends parents before you would allow him to sleep over there
1: a number of times um and i think that i would need to go to their house a minimum of once right and like not i walk in the door right and i've been to the house right but like we came over for a play date i've been here for an hour two hours maybe we eat a meal right long enough to get a vibe of what the house is like what these people are like because you know people also there's a different level of comfort that people have in their home Mm -hmm. rather than like in public right So I think that would be one of the qualifications for me is is spending time with them in their home. Um, I don't know that it has to be like ten times, right? But like more than once.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, I I think I would. I'm on on par with you. Like maybe go because that's so. With hanging out at the parents' house during the play date is kind of something that's it makes sense to me. Like that's a very like good thing to do, but I never thought about it because like I don't think that ever happened for me. Like when I would go over to someone's house, um, I would just go over there. Like (laughs) most of the time, my parents would just you know pull up, drop me off, or I just ride my bike over there. Um, but most of the people I was hanging out with ever when I was a kid were like either my like i i be, my daycare had a son who was the same age as me so we became really good friends um so obviously my parents knew her or knew his parents very well um and then that kid i went to church with um but you know there was this one kid he's actually the kid who taught me how to swear <laughs> who uh my, there you go the things you learn at sleepovers <laughs> yeah yeah for real uh my parents i don't think ever talk to his parents more than just at the door like when they were coming to pick me up or something like i would just get dropped off there all the time and i i went to his house constantly because like we we were good friends and we played super smash bros and shit but we actually like so he he kind of lived on the wrong side of the tracks if you will and there were some rough kids in his neighborhood and we would get into like we never like physical fights with them but we would like um I don't know kind of like battle with these kids like we call them names and like yell at them and swear at them and I do remember one time a kid like wanted to fight me like physically but we just kind of left and we were back up in my friend's room playing Nintendo and I was like looking out the window and I see one of the kids that we were fighting with and he points up to me in the window and I'm like what the hell and a cop was following him it's like what this kid's called the cops on us because and it because it's like i don't we were just like squaring at each other calling each other idiots and stuff like that you know it wasn't like we were actually threatening each other's lives or something and it, it was bizarre so yeah i mean do i feel that that was an overall like traumatic experience probably not because i, I don't know I, I guess i just kind of recall that just now i don't think about that every day um but yeah, that's probably a time when my parents should have like oh. <laughs> stepped in a little bit more.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know, my experience with that with like getting dropped off at the door and such, that was definitely I I had a similar experience, right? Although I think my mom was a little more cautious when I was younger, right? So, like through middle or through the end of elementary school. I think she was Closer to what I described, but much more lax than what I described, right? Like, I, I went to a lot of kids' houses, Mm -hmm. um, but as I did get older, it was absolutely more hands off. And then around the time that I was a sophomore in high school, it was just like, Hey, you know, on the the weeknights, you need to be home by 10, right? And on the weekends, if you're going to stay out, you just have to tell me you're not coming home, Mm -hmm. right? And like that happened a lot
0: yeah that was my high school experience um yeah i just had you know related related to that you know
1: in terms of like what we are or aren't permissive of um i think my mom was reasonably permissive of alcohol um relatively young like At that junior year of high school age. Mm -hmm. And it's not that, you know, she wouldn't buy me alcohol or anything. And she wouldn't like let me have friends over and like knowing that we had booze or whatever. Or like at least we thought that we were sneaking it from her. Sure. But I for sure, she for sure was aware that I was drinking at different times and came home drunk and stuff. And, you know, as a junior and senior in high school. Um, or that I was going somewhere where we were going to drink and that, and like, that was kind of a known goal. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I for sure had a lot of good times during that. And, you know, luckily I never got in any sort of car wreck or, you know, whatever, but I don't know, in hindsight, looking back. I think that that is something that I will be stricter on. And of course, you know, when I was younger, right. And even five and 10 years ago, I remember thinking like, you know, some of my friends, right. Were the parents that were like, Hey kids, if you guys are going to drink, I'd rather you drink here. That way I know that you're safe. Right. And you know, if you guys are bringing alcohol in the, in the house, you're giving me your keys. And then that's that. Right. And I was like, I'm going to be that kind of parent. Right. Um, but after having kids and after, reflecting on you know what it was like for me drinking at that age and i think what some of that spiraled into for me i think i'm going to be a lot stricter on alcohol
0: than my parents were yeah yeah i my i i don't really know if my parents how much my parents knew because like i started drinking my summer going into senior year of high school and uh i um I got caught like I got a minor and so my parents knew about that and I actually took probably like three months off of drinking after that but then like I don't know I made some new <laughs> friends senior year of high school and we started you know we were drinking together having fun and like I went over to my I, I'd go visit my brother in college and we'd get wasted and stuff and and I remember one time it was like it was after I graduated high school like a, the summer after I graduated high school, I was having lunch with my mom and she was she brought up the the minor that I got and um or so no, it was one of her friends at work was like, "Oh, he's only going to visit his brother so he can go get drunk." And my mom told me she's like, "No." So I told her, I'm like, "No, Kevin got in trouble for that last summer, so he doesn't drink. I know he doesn't drink." And I'm just like sitting there like, "Yep, you're right, mom." <laughs> so I <laughs> I don't know like I don't know. I kind of feel like she was just like really giving me the benefit of the doubt there. <laughs> um, denial denial is a hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I, I, my dad just never brought it up because my dad drunk drank a bunch and when he was in high school. And so I think he just kind of let me drink. Um, my friends and I were always really good about not drunk driving. And we also had, but, but I mean I grew up in a really small town so we could like just walk places like very easily you know we could ride our bikes or walk to to the next you know drinking spot if we needed to um and then I was actually pretty fortunate that we had a huge a uh, pretty big house and the basement was just mine like I, I did so I had like you know everything we needed down in the basement plus we had a concrete floor so like you spilt a beer who fucking cares um and, and we would just dick around and play video games and hang out, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had some friends that would drink and then go drive around because it was fun to be drunk and driving. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I was not doing that and I only rode with them while doing that a handful of times, but I think that's a really good illustration of, you know, some, some really undesirable behavior for your children to be exposed to in the absence of adult supervision, yeah, you know, happens in those types of, you know, sleepover environments, you know, carefree environments.
0: Yeah. That's what like the people, the parents, like you were saying, the parents that are like, Hey, if you drink, you know, like, do it here. Give me your keys, blah, blah, blah. I would be so like, I understand why they're doing that, but I would be so hesitant to be that parent even because as soon as you take those keys, you're liable for that child. I mean, just having them in your house, you're liable for them, but like, I wouldn't want to, like, obviously they're not calling that person's parents and being like, hey, your son's getting drunk at my house, so I took his keys, just wanted you to know. You know, they're just, they're, it's between you and the kid at that point, and it's like, I'm not right. making any deals with my, <laughs> my child's friends. I'm not doing that, <laughs> so I, I don't know, like, I, I was kind of, I, I guess for me, I was basically just going to be very open and honest about drinking. Um, and how it kind of negatively affected me that I I believe like at the time like obviously I thought it was a positive thing and it made me more social or whatever and you know bigger friend group blah 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 but I definitely do think it led to me drinking very irresponsible even to this day Um, like I I don't have like limits or whatever so I, I think I developed a little bit of alcoholism because I started drinking when I was a kid. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm going to try to get him to like not do it. Um, but I don't want to like come down on him super hard. If you know, he ends up having a beer or two at a party, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, alcohol
1: and all that, right. And like alcoholism, you know, maybe we can talk about some of that on another podcast but you know this is the third year in a row now that i've been sober for at least december right and you know last year i was sober from like september through the end of the year and the year before that like july through the end of the year um and this year and last year that was largely about you know w- with what you just said like it's hard for me to have limits is with my kids being young in the holidays, I, I think it's very easy, right? These are formative experiences, formative memories for them, cornerstone memories. Mm-hmm. And I don't want those memories for them to be of dad being drunk yeah. for, for dad getting drunk and getting in a fight with his sister, right. Yeah. Or dad getting drunk and falling asleep on the couch. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know that I'm going to maintain that for the foreseeable years, but like, I haven't had anything to drink this month. I cannot wait to go to this New Year's Eve party tonight. Like I am <laughs> ready for a few drinks for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's something that I, I'm trying to be mindful of and relatedly, you know, I'm also trying to be mindful of what I'm exposing my kid to in a lot of ways, right. In terms of, you know, the books and stories that we read him, um, and not just him uh, my daughter, Catherine as well, uh, the books and stories that we read them. Um, and then also like the words that we use. And so like my wife and I, we never really say like fat or stupid around the house. Right. And I'm a big guy mm-hmm. and Lincoln started saying that recently. And it's like, we know we don't use those words here. Like, where are you hearing this? Right. And, you know, there's a a little boy in his preschool aftercare program, because on Tuesdays and Thursdays, he stays there till like 530. Right. And, you know, this kid is calling those other kids that these names and stuff. And so we've talked about that. But, you know, on the flip side of that coin, another word that we don't use is smart. And I remember being told all the time how smart i was i'm a really smart kid and i've read about that and i actually remember reading about this for the first time like 12 15 years ago when i was in school studying psychology Um, and it's well documented that kids that receive praise for being smart are much less likely to put in a large amount of effort towards a task they're far more likely to rely on oh i'm smart i can do this when it comes up mm-hmm. and i think for sure that is part of my work ethic and you know the effort that i put into things and i am sometimes you know frustrated with the outcomes because i put in a insufficient amount of effort to you know a given task or activity Uh, Because I do rely on like, oh, we'll get there and we'll figure it out, right? You know, I'm smart. I can do it. Um, And so instead of praising our kids for things that are inherent qualities about them, instead, we, we try and praise them for the effort that they put forward to a task. We also don't focus on the outcome of the task of if they were successful in doing something but rather, did you try your best, right? Are there things that you could have done more of, right? If you wanted to, right. Or are you happy with what you've put into this, right? And, you know, encouraging them to strive for more effort, right. And, and for not for better outcomes, because again, like the outcome is not the focus. The focus is on trying to improve and increase what they put into it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm kind of the, I'm the same way when it comes to like preparing for stuff. Like I def, I definitely just like wait till the last minute or whatever. <laughs> um, so that's good. Yeah. I've never, Maybe. I've never heard of that before. I'm I'm definitely, did, sorry. Did you get
1: told you were smart a lot as a kid?
0: Um, no, I, I I just kinda yeah, like, I, I wouldn't have guessed you were. <laughs> <laughs> I, I my my parents actually had a deal where like, as long as I tried my best, they didn't say that directly, but basically like if I got like an F in school, um, I wouldn't get in trouble for it if I completed all my assignments. You know, so it's like, hey, you put the effort in. It's just obviously you don't understand it. We're not going to come down on you for that, um, mm-hmm. but. I'm just trying, I kind of think, um, basically since I have an older brother, I just kind of watched him struggle a little bit or whatever, or not do homework or something. And, and so then I was just in and get in trouble for it. And so I was like, okay, I don't want to get in trouble. I better get this stuff done. Um, most of school came easy to me. And, but that didn't reflect really in my grades. Um, so I just kind of like, I just coasted. I had like depression and stuff when I was in high school. So it, it, I just didn't really try. Um, and so, Same. yeah, <laughs> so like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I it's just, just it's always something I, I think maybe it for me is, I think it's more just like, I, I, sometimes I just don't see the point in doing stuff. Um, like people at work, I, I've been, <clears throat> my, my boss when we were in Lyle actually, I was talking to her one time and she told me that I don't um, I don't express urgency so like I don't think people can tell if I care about something or not I don't know but I'm a midwesterner so I don't have any emotions <laughs> I'm a protestant Minnesotan um, <clears throat>
1: occasionally you have very flat affect
0: yeah, Right. exactly um but uh no as far as like going back to like words not in the house um i'm definitely gonna i'm with you on the like don't say like negative things and then shut up is actually something that i've always been uh even like as a kid uh I, it's something i actually picked up from like i think like a high school teacher or something like someone said shut up in class and they got in trouble for it and it's like then it kind of made me think about it and i'm like yeah that's actually shut up is really mean. (laughs) Like, like you're just basically telling someone whatever they're saying or, you know, is just wrong or like not worth hearing, you know, and that's kind of, that's, that's bad. That's really detrimental. I think, um, I guess, but as far as, um, what, what's something that you were, I guess drinking, it was kind of one of them, but I guess something that I was allowed to do in, when I was a kid, which we kind of talked about actually on the last episode or the internet episode is that, uh, unfettered access to the internet. But I don't know how, how do you monitor, monitor that? I guess like without like, are, do they make like a browser that's kid friendly or like, do you just like get a kid a tablet and take the browser off and just let them play their apps? Like, what do you, well, and, so you know
1: lincoln starts kindergarten next year and we just moved and the elementary school is right down the street from us and part of the reason why we moved is that uh you know it a it was from louisville to lexington but why we picked this neighborhood right was the school districts and their you know their test scores and all these metrics right are really good for them but we actually haven't been in the school before we moved so my wife and i about Two months ago at this point, went and took a tour of the school, met the principal, talked with them, talked through, you know, what we can expect. And one of the things that he was very proud of is that on day one of kindergarten and yeah, you know, on day one of class for every student, but starting in kindergarten, every kid gets a Google Chromebook and they are working with computers right from kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm sure they do have something figured out with the internet, but that blew me away that you know we're giving kindergartners you know plural hours of screen time on a computer at age five yeah you know like i i you know at, at this point we kind of are where we are because like i'm really tired of paying for daycare and i don't want a daycare expense to turn into a private school expense mm-hmm. right so like he's going to public school and this is our public school but i don't know there, there's a level of that that irks me um to get closer back to your point about unfettered internet access. I, I think that at a minimum, we're going to keep our kids off social media through elementary school, right? Like you are not getting an Instagram until I don't know, I guess sixth grade at the earliest, but like, even then that feels exceptionally young to me, right? Like let, we'll have that conversation then. Right. And like, if that gets moved back to you're a junior in high school, that's probably what it's gonna be I mean I don't know we'll see but I definitely had unfettered access to internet from a young age as well and had a lot of exposure to porn right as oh, a direct yeah. result. Um, you know and I, I think that's something that I'm gonna be more mindful of than my parents were with me
0: for sure yeah like I rem- my dad actually made me an MSN messenger account when I was in fifth grade because i was talking to the neighbors on it and i was talking to a couple of my friends from school uh, and i had like a girlfriend in fifth grade type of thing you know we were talking on there but <clears throat> literally like the first thing msn mess like the hot mails tons of porn like i would get tons of porn just randomly emailed to me um that i saw
1: yeah. I, I, I would go on these IRC chat rooms and not porn related, right? But like I'm online chatting with people, you know, saying like ASL a, age, sex location, right? Yeah. Where are you? How old are you? Right. And I'm telling them, I'm a 13 year old in Lexington, <laughs> Kentucky, you know, right. And like, and talking with these adults and like, you know, yeah. I, you know, you, you mentioned briefly, right. Like, uh, you know, depression in high school, right. Like I was feeling some kind of way on, you know, a certain, you know, Number of times, right? And be like, I just want someone I can connect with, right? Like, do you guys want to try and meet up in person? And it's like, Josh, were you trying to get molested, right? Like, <laughs> luckily nothing happened, right? Yeah. None of these people were that, but man, I mean, I was kind of dancing with the devil there.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And for me, like, I I did meet random people, like we talked about on the internet episode, a forum called Sims Chat um there's a couple people on there that i connected with on like msn and um like xbox live um and i I will say for the most part i do think people you meet online are going to be nice um and if someone's being negative or wants to meet up obviously like shut that down (laughs) um but by and large everyone i've met online that i've continued because people who are going to be mean to you are mean to you like in the in the game lobby. You know what I mean? They're going to be mean to you from the start. Um so like most of the people I met online have been decent people uh that I continue to talk with, but there is that doesn't there is that scare obviously. Um and and I I think maybe I was I I do think it was bad that I was talking to adults. Um there's a couple adults that I think I spoke to when I was like 13, 14 years old that I definitely don't want, you know, my kid in that situation, but for the most part I was talking to people within 5 years of my own age. So like you know, high school age and then I was in middle school or whatever. Um but the thing about having unfettered access is that I um started to go on to some like gore websites and 4chan um and I think I would be a better person <laughs> if I had not seen that stuff, you know what I mean? Because it I do believe it really desensitizes you to like catastrophic stuff. Like I'm pretty like not to say like I I obviously have a lot of empathy or whatever, um but Like, just the things that I've seen online, just, like, the disgusting stuff that doesn't, like, affect me anymore. I think that was not good for me. Um, And then I know, like, with the 4chan thing, like, being on 4chan so much, I mean, most of what I was doing on 4chan was just looking at, like, funny meme threads and stuff. But you just saw so much, like, gore and porn and hate speech and this and that that I think it kind of... I I would say I don't think I was ever like red-pilled or black pilled, but I definitely there was a point in my life, and I talked about it a little bit on our Elliot Hulls episode, where I could have gone that way very easily. Mm-hmm. I think what saved me is the fact that I had real life friends and I was a social person. And so like I got to see other you know avenues that were more, you know, friendly and productive and nice. Um, but I definitely could. If I was like a very isolated person, which, you know, obviously my son's gonna be more isolated than I was, um, I could have gone the the wrong way. Why do you say your son's gonna be more isolated than you were? Because I had a brother. Mm. He'll, I mean, he'll be spending more time alone than I did. Sure. So like, it's just like, uh, I don't know. I I definitely. I know they have, like, blockers and stuff, but I just feel like kid, kids are going to find a way around that. You know, like, the Chinese government has the best firewall in the world, and the citizens get around that, no problem. I got around it when I lived there. It's easy. You know, so it's like, what do you do? I, I'm not going to look over his shoulder and make him feel like, I don't want to be a helicopter parent, but I also don't want him to, I don't want him to, like, have the same internet experience as I did at a young age. Right. Yeah, it's tough. I, I think I
1: part of my strategy there is going to be, you know, cell phones and controlling smartphones and like not having them, uh-huh. right? In, in the same way that they're not going to have social media. Um, and then for broader internet access, right? Like, uh, I, I think your school laptop will do you good for school stuff right and i I believe that they have that fairly locked down maybe not i don't know um that's something to check on but you know like the other avenue that i'm definitely exposing my kid to now right is video games Mm -hmm. right and like and it's something that we do together in the evenings like as part of our bedtime routine not every night but you know maybe four nights a week uh, we'll play 10 or 20 minutes of like a monster truck game or a hot wheels racing game and then we actually got them a we got lincoln and Catherine a Wii for christmas and so we've been playing mario party and we're gonna go play Wii sports and stuff and they love it mm-hmm. but you know, paired with gaming, right. Is internet gaming. Right. And like my PlayStation is set up, right. And Lincoln's not going to be that much older before he's turning the game on himself. Right. And you know, the headsets right there. I mean, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's a challenge. I mean, maybe I'll have to turn on some password protection stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is. And that's going to be, that's a unique challenge. I think. Cause uh, like when, I mean, when we were that age, there wasn't online gaming for the most part, I think like Starcraft, there was some stuff on PC, but like as far as consoles, which you know kids are playing consoles. Um, I don't. The first online game I can recall is maybe like I, I remember like SOCOM for the PS2 was online, but like yes. I, I just remember it was very hard to access, or maybe it was just for me because I was a little dumb kid. But um, I never started playing like super online games until Halo Three on the 360. So I was like 15 years old. And so at that time, even though I was saying and talking shit, I still was, you know, granted I understand I was a young boy, like 15 years old, isn't like super old, but like I was old enough to know, like I was shit talking, you know what I mean? But now it's like, like kids half that age are playing like Fortnite and stuff right and i've been in lobbies where granted maybe like there are filters and stuff voice filters where people can make themselves sounds like children and stuff but like i've been in lobbies on like valorant for example where uh kids who i'm assuming are like young young kids with like high-pitched voices and stuff are just spamming the n-word you know in the lobby and it's like (laughs) <laughs> like i i don't know like i don't want my like i think that kind of goes hand in hand with my experience in like 4chan and stuff it's like i don't want my kid to be exposed to that stuff so uh, maybe it, it, nintendo's the way to go since they don't like that is a super kid friendly platform even for yeah. online
1: yeah and yeah uh, yeah and uh, the wii isn't hooked up to the internet at all um yeah you know i Similar, I I wasn't on 4chan, but there was, you know, various other sites and stuff at the time and the humor that was going around when I was in middle school and high school, right? Like I've certainly said out loud, you know, many jokes that in hindsight, I'm not proud of. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was normalized and laughed at, you know, within our culture such that i carried that into adulthood and i remember we had some some people over to our apartment uh and you know we were hanging out we were drinking and someone told an off-color joke that you know had some latent racism within it right and some you know sexism right and then i ended up going on like a 12 minute spree of them right and like i was kind of like doing a stand-up routine and i was getting a lot of laughs but yeah in hindsight right like that was probably not good right in a lot of ways
0: yeah yeah i mean i i i'm surprised and i uh uh, uh just at, at the work area how much how much of that we hear um but yeah i mean i, I definitely think it was normal for us because like i, I, I mean I, I recall like playing the fir- like the first modern warfare and like halo 3 people were saying the n word all the time um they were saying like retard all the time they were saying uh like telling each other to go get raped you know and it's like <laughs> Tag, i gay. you know i i i cringe when i when i think of that because it's like i participated in it you know i was yeah I, i'm not innocent by any means um but I can reflect on that, and know it was wrong, and I, and I do think, and you probably know more than me, but like the what I I do get this feeling that the younger generation is a lot nicer to each other, and I guess you did just tell a story about it, one kid saying calling people stupid and stuff, but like, do you get that vibe from the kids you're around, like at playdates and stuff, <laughs> or is it kind of a mixed bag?
1: I mean, they're kids, they're playing, they have fun. So actually, you know what? That's uh no. Um, yeah, I, I think there, there have always been mean kids and I think there always are going to be. So we were at a Christmas party uh, just a few weeks ago and it was my two kids. Another couple had two kids there that one of them is a year older than Lincoln and then the other is three years older than Lincoln. And then another couple has one kid that was in between Lincoln and the oldest kid. And the so there's my two boy and a girl, the other couple that had two boy and a girl, and then the third that's in between was a girl. And so the girls kind of played together and Lincoln played with Eli, uh, the boy, and they all kind of intermingled. But at one point, the girls were singing and listening to them from like the other room or whatever, you're not really making out the words that they're saying. And you know, there's a TV on there's music going, there's a lot of talking and commotion and whatnot. But so I walked back there and I'm walking by them and this girl's going, Ooh, you should stop singing because your voice is trash and you're terrible and you're ugly. And And just like in this like sing song, happy voice. Right. And the other girls go, it says like, is singing back to her like, you keep saying that, but I don't care. I still like to sing, so I'm gonna sing. And then the other girl goes back at her like, Yeah, but your voice is ugly and trash, and you should feel bad about it. <laughs> I'm Jesus. like, Jesus Christ, like what are we doing here, girls? Like
0: Yeah. Huh.
1: And, and the girl that was saying your voice is trash was older than the girl that you know she was criticizing and being mean to. Yeah. Um same girl same group of people we were at a cookout with them over the summer and this girl was like making fun of the the older boy and like this older boy he is a little bit of an odd duck right it is what it is but also like he had cancer he -hmm. got diagnosed with cancer at like age four or five and just within the last like nine months got to ring the bell where he's like Done with remission no more treatments whatever but he was on like chemotherapy for like three years right like every time that he'd get a nosebleed right it would be a fountain of blood because his like white blood cells were low and like stuff wouldn't clot and that was actually his type of cancer was a blood cancer Mm -hmm. so him getting nosebleeds was an indicator that something's really wrong you need to go to the hospital right so like that certainly had a traumatic effect on him right and like and things are just a little different but this little girl makes fun of him for it all the time and like hits him, Right. And like bullies him. And like, she's two years younger than he is. Right. And like, also he's a boy, she's a girl. He's not allowed to hit back, you know, type deal. But no, I mean, granted that's one child. Yeah. Right. But I I think it's hard to make a blanket statement of kids are nicer today than they used to be. Meh. I don't know. I don't, I don't buy that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I just, I, I guess most of my opinion is just based off of social media. So I can't, it's not always real. I'm probably just in the, maybe I'm in the nice guy bubble. Uh,
1: Twitter's not real life,
0: Kevin. You, you know this. <laughs> but I just, like, it, it does seem like, uh, I I don't know, like anti-bullying and positivity and stuff like that is definitely, I think, more prevalent today than, than in the past. At least when I was growing up. Um, I mean, when I was growing up, I was, I mean, I was bullied and um, I don't know, no adult stepped in and my parents did a little bit, but like as far as like school administration and stuff like that, <clears throat> nobody stepped in um, and I was just kind of on my own. So it's just like, I I don't know, maybe it's just anecdotal and I've just heard a few stories, but it does seem like the kids tend to band together a little bit more and are kind of maybe a little bit more resilient and and can see through bullies uh maybe just that information is more prominent that they can see through the bully and know that like what they're saying is dumb um yeah so relatedly when
1: i was growing up you know my we had a a fairly nice house and my parents we weren't well to do but there was a level of comfort there And America is a highly litigious society. And my mom was terrified that I would get in a fight at school, and I'm a big guy, right? And have always been a big guy, and I would hurt someone, and their parents would sue us, Mm -hmm. and we would lose our home. Terrified of this, would keep her up at night. And she would tell me that all the time. And so there were a number of times when I was kind of bullied or assaulted or, you know, whatnot, that I'd been told over and over, do not fight back. Do not. And I do not think that that was healthy. And I actually just yesterday had a conversation with Lincoln about exactly that. Mm -hmm. about you know if other people are putting their hands on you and whatnot because there had been a problem now granted that problem was his little sister right Mm -hmm. and like and you know we we've gone back and forth with this with her but like she he's at an age right now where he's very sweet Mm -hmm. and she's at an age right now where she really wants attention and if she's not getting it by her being sweet she's going to get it by her being mean and she'll like hit him and bite him and stuff and so we were talking about that with him though like Uh, specifically with biting with her because like she keeps biting him and it's a problem. And she goes to timeout and sits in her timeout chair for two minutes, but then doesn't give a shit right. And pops up and bites him again. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're telling him like, bite her back. Like, you know, don't do it all the time. Don't you bite her first. But the next time she bites you, bite her back. And that led to a conversation of like Lincoln, when other people, you know, if they hit you or put your, put their hands on you, you can and should fight back. And if you get in trouble with other people, okay, dad will handle that. You will not be in trouble with us. And I think we're going to keep that up. And like, to the point of also, right. Like we're going to put them in martial arts and, and you know, mm-hmm. wrestling and such, like in the coming years, like not tomorrow, but probably this summer. Right. Like leading into kindergarten. Um, Cause I, I don't know, like. I those are some formative memories of me I think or for me of you know being picked on and then like once it happens and there's not a response right it keeps happening right? sure. and that that's not good
2: Hey Kevin,
0: all right, that's really funny. Sorry about that. No, you're fine. We were talking before the show. You were saying you're going to get a new computer. And then your computer eats an yeah. ass.
2: Yeah, I, I do think that I'm starting to ask my computer to do a lot. Where I'm like juggling these different inputs, but I mean that shouldn't be that big of a deal.
0: Yeah, no i I kind of wonder if it's Discord, honestly, because uh, I think Discord might be pretty demanding.
2: Yeah, and Discord crashes for me anyway, like I have problems with Discord as it. Is.
0: Yeah. I mean it is um, it's supposed to be for gamers or whatever, so I think you're supposed to have like a pretty powerful machine.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, this guy's 6 or 7 years old.
0: Yeah. But anyway, um I think I was saying before the technical difficulties started. Um Basically, people were being mean to to me, and um, I this one kid. So there's this kid who um, he was mouthing off to somebody, and he got choke slammed and started throwing up everywhere. And because we were kind of mentioning like hitting back or whatever, and so he got and so one time we were in like an assembly, and he started like picking on me or whatever. So I just like stared at him, and I was like. Do you like getting choke slammed or something? Yeah. <laughs> and he just shut up. And so, like, I, I, I think I agree with you in like teaching kids to kind of like fight back, is I, I do think it'll kind of put an end to things. Um, if they're not like an easy target or whatever, you know?
2: Right. Um, yeah. And that, I remember reading about this with, there's kind of like, um, I don't know, a plague amongst lower income kids where they're more exposed to violence, right, in their general lives. Mm-hmm. And they learn very quickly that lesson that we just discussed, that showing a propensity towards violence means that you attract less violence. And then it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy where because they know that violence is a solution, right. And a solution that will yield positive results for you, at least in the short term, then they're more likely to resort resort to violence as they get older and in varying situations. And then that leads to trouble with the law, incarceration. And then that leads to, you know, problems with employment and stuff. And it, it creates this vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, I don't know. It, it, you always hear the message, right? That violence is not the answer. And here we are saying, except for when you're little kids and it is, (laughs) Um, but I don't know, man, like I am going to tell Lincoln at least until it, it fights us back. You know, it's okay to fight back. You're allowed to defend yourself.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think doing, I, I think it's kind of like Miyagi Do, you know, from karate kid, like, Doing it in self defense, I think, is different than, uh, you know, uh, perpetuating violence, I guess, so that people are too scared to mess with you. Like, doing it as a response, I think, is different than coming in and being a huge dick because you're afraid people are going to fuck with you. Um, Right. And then, while at the same time, also putting a lot of emphasis and focus on, Making sure your kid is uh, comfortable with themselves and uh, has a high self esteem so that, you know, maybe not they don't have to chirp back all the time uh, and only use the defense in like really um, dire situations, more or less, and just kind of be able to let that stuff roll off their back, you know. Obviously, right. easier said than done, but I think that's definitely something that needs to happen um and i think that's i don't know and i think that just kind of going back to the my point where i was thinking like young kids are are um nicer maybe they're just more resilient i just i don't know i just feel like there's something different going on um sure but but yeah so uh well i mean we were basically at an hour um so if you you want to just wrap it up
2: Yeah, there is one more quick topic that I want to run through. Okay. Is that goes back to things that we'll do differently from our parents. And when I was growing up, you know, I had a lot of really nice birthday parties and did a lot of fun stuff with that. And from a very young age, like first or second grade, the kids that were invited to my birthday party were exclusively the boys in the class. And I did not really develop meaningful friendships with girls until a handful of them in high school and then a handful of them after high school. But I think that was really detrimental. And we went to a birthday party for Lincoln. Um, you know, rather like one of his classmates invited Lincoln to a birthday party recently. And it was the same. There were 14 boys invited to that birthday party. And when we are having Lincoln's birthday coming up here in a few months in February, we're making a point of it to invite everyone in his class, both the boys and the girls. And then, you know, some other kids that we're inviting to the party are like some friends of the family and like kids that are in some other classes at his school. But I think that it was really harmful socially to, you know, only encourage, you know, your children to develop relationships with, you know, the, the same sex. And my mom did the same thing with my sister with she was only going to hang out with and be around
0: girls. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, I, I, I kind of, like, yeah, I, I only invited boys to my birthday parties and stuff and primarily hung out with, with boys. Um, But I did have a few, like, neighbors and such that, you know, I, I hung out with. When I was a kid, I had some friends that were girls, and I don't know, I guess maybe that was I, – I think that is a good idea. I mean, just kind of normalizing having normal relationships with women, you know, and not just, like – Because I think a lot of people, especially older generations, it is kind of like, you're friends with women if you want to, like, date them, you know, and and stuff like that. Um, And, I mean, I still think it's a pretty popular opinion where people think, like, men can't just be friends with women, um, which I think is wrong. But I, I think that sentiment still exists, and I think it's pretty entrenched in older generations for sure.
2: Right. But I mean, it makes it a whole lot easier to sleep with women if you can also be friends with them.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, yeah, I, that's happened just, yes, but I mean, no, like you need to be able to, to talk with people and relate to, with them and, uh-huh. you know, share varied experiences. Right. And that will, I think, help, you know, romantically for sure. I, I think it will make and be a better communicator. Yeah. Right. And a better You know, someone that has more empathy and more awareness of, you know, the things that other people go through, right? And like when I'm saying other people here, I mean women, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like that is kind of part of it, right? Of, you know, I had some of those challenges and I developed some bad mindsets that I did not have those meaningful relationships. And I think it held me back often. And yet, that's one of those things that I think is, a primary goal of a parent, right. Is to like recognize some of the roadblocks in your life and make sure that you've done what you can to remove them for your kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. So, well, after everybody listens to this episode, they're going to be uh pro parents. So you're welcome. Everyone. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, th- thanks for having me on, Kevin. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was a good conversation. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, if you want to uh, follow us on Twitter, um, we're at at explore underscore pod. Um, go on there and listen to Adam talk about either JFK or your microbiome in your gut.
2: Oh, hey, Kevin, real quick. That reminds me um after your son was born did
0: you put poop in his mouth <laughs> um i did well you only do that if they have a c-section so we didn't have okay, to. <laughs> okay. Well, that- <laughs> all right everybody take care all right bye-bye see you